more meaningful, so to make this time off that we have on Thanksgiving a little bit more meaningful, that we should learn, we should dive, and we should be involved in uh, productive activity. Football is very important. I don't want to take away from football all afternoon, but it's not going to start till later, so we should take advantage of the time that we have. So with our uh, first, the Rabbi Miller will be giving our shear. Is it indeed permitted to celebrate Thanksgiving? So uh, we'll have uh, three approaches. Without any further ado, Rabbi Miller, Hey, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> is it permitted to celebrate Thanksgiving? Three views that I want to share. Three views. The first view, is it permitted to celebrate Thanksgiving, comes from Rav Hutner, uh, Rosh Hashiva, former Rosh Hashiva of Chaim Berlin, who was not a fan, by any stretch of the imagination, was not a fan at all of celebrating Thanksgiving. He just writes, the truth is simple and obvious, case closed, that's it. But he goes even further than that. Forget like turkey on Thanksgiving. Rav Hutner, Rav Hutner felt that uh, it wasn't even appropriate. He would have really looked askance at all of us for davening this morning at 8.30. Like he believed not only to keep the schools open, not only to keep the yeshiva open, but you can't even change davening times to reflect the idea that it's a national holiday. Should, we should have davened either at 6.30 at 7.30. That's the view of Rav Hutner. There, there is an 815 million. Okay, there's an 815 million. So we're almost, we're almost there. Rav Soloveitchik, on the uh, opposite end of the spectrum, but seemed to be particularly uh, enthusiastic about participation and celebration of Thanksgiving. It is told that he did give shear at YU on Thanksgiving Day, but he dafka scheduled it early. Um, so that he could fly home to Boston to be with his family to have a Thanksgiving family feast uh, with everybody. There is one story that's told that in the 70s, he gave a shear on Thanksgiving morning and uh, he got stuck on a tosvos and he was trying to work really hard at trying to figure it out and someone asked a question and it kind of threw him off. He was trying to figure it out and he got passed a note by the shear assistant like, you're going to miss your flight to Boston. Like, you're going to miss Thanksgiving. And he, like, shoves it aside. And they write a second note. He shoves it aside. So one year, he missed Thanksgiving because he missed his flight to Boston because he was stuck on a toast foes. That's more important to him than Thanksgiving dinner. But yet, he was enthusiastically a celebrant of Thanksgiving. That's recorded by Rav Shechter in Nefesh Harav and by many of his Talmudim. Even, even like a step beyond that, I would say. But I'd still put this in the category of enthusiastic support of celebrating Thanksgiving. So the Spanish-Portuguese synagogue, Congregation Sha'erith Israel, so they've been conducting Thanksgiving ser- services since President George Washington first declared this holiday in 1789. At our services, th- I pulled this from their website yesterday. Okay, this is where Ma- Rabbi Meir Salvechik is, currently the Mar de Asra. So y- as of yesterday on their website at our services on Thanksgiving Day morning, we chant several chapters of Psalms, Tehillim, parts of Hallel. They recite their own abbreviated Hallel for Thanksgiving Day at the conclusion of morning prayers. We also recite the prayers for the governments of America and Israel. It's like their own little tekes for Thanksgiving. Okay, so that's view two. View one, Rav Hutner, absolutely, definitely not a good idea to do. Don't even acknowledge it. Don't recognize it. What? What was his reason? Oh, we get there. That's the sheer. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have to talk about it. That's the sheer. And Rav Moshe is a kind of middle position. Rav Moshe says in source number four, in Igris Moshe, v'chein 
Thanksgiving. Ain't la Asr Medina. It's not Asr completely. He doesn't go so far as Rav Hutner. If you want to be from, like if you want to make sure you have good Shiduchim, I wouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's Asr. Not a great idea. Not a great idea. So what's behind this debate about the various attitudes towards Thanksgiving amongst contemporary postkim. Much of this analysis comes from an article written on this topic by Rabbi Michael Broid. Source number five has a famous halacha which hinges, which in many ways is the basis for a lot of this debate and discussion. The prohibition of chukas agoyim. We're not allowed, putting aside avodazar, which is obviously usr, worshipping a foreign deity, beyond that, you're not allowed to emulate the ways of non-Jews. You can't behave the way they behave. And of course, the first question you have to ask when you encounter that question of is like, well, what are the parameters of that? They drive cars, so we can't drive cars? Obviously, that's a reductio ad absurdum. At what point, what kinds of practices can we or can we not emulate? Practices of dress, haircuts. What about holidays? Holidays, can we emulate them when it comes to their holidays. So one of the big debates here between the Rishonim stems from a Gemara Navodah Zara in source number six. The Gemara discusses an ancient practice of sorfin al-hamalachim. And this is a Gemara Navodah Zara, Dafir Alaf, source number six, that when a king would die, they would take all of his stuff, all of the royal insignia, stuff he had, his royal quill and his property, his chair, his desk, whatever, they'd burn it. They'd burn it along with the, uh, with, the, with the ashes, with the death of the king. And this was a practice that was uh, performed for non-Jewish kings in the non-Jewish world at the time of the Gemara and well before the time of the Gemara. And the Gemara points out that the same thing happened to Jewish communities. When there was a Jewish king that died, they would perform the very same burning ritual, burning all the Jewish king stuff as well. And the Gemara wonders... Why is this not dark emore? Why is this not a violation of a buchukuseim lo seilechu? Jewish kings are being treated like non-Jewish kings. And the followers of the Jewish kings are being treated like the followers of the non-Jewish kings. They're doing the exact same thing to commemorate the death. Which came first. So maybe that, that might be relevant. So how do you justify it? So, so clearly we have one case in the Gemara itself where the burning of the king's belongings post-mortem is somehow not considered Dark Amor, it's not considered. Why not? And the answer to the why not um, bears very much on the question of the permissibility of Thanksgiving. The Ron says there's two reasons why it's not a problem. The first reason why it's not a problem is because it's not a religious thing. When non-Jews burn the belongings of their non-Jewish king who had died, that's not religious, it's not idolatrous, it's not theological, it has nothing to do with the realm of religion at all. Number two, says the Ran, there's actually a very sensible explanation for why they do it. They do it because it shows honor to the king. There's a reason for it, there's a rationality, there's a logic to the practice, and as such, Jews want to adopt their own kind of practices to honor their kings in a similar way why not? Says the Ron, that's not a problem. If it was some kind of pagan ritual 
that invoked, you know, spirits, demons, uh, <coughs> something like that, that would be a problem. Or if it had totally no logic whatsoever, it was just pure superstition, that would be a problem. But here we have a very sensible local custom that the Jews adopted, and that's okay. It's secular, not religious, and it's sensible. The Ramah Paskins like this in source number 10. The Ramah says, can a Jewish doctor, can a Jewish doctor wear a white coat or scrubs? And then the Ramah asks. So in the bold part in source number 10, following this position of the Ran, if you're going to do, if a Jew wants to mimic a non-Jewish or a broader societal practice. That doctors have their own special uniform. Even if we can't necessarily adopt all of the dress, like, and, and, uh, like the, the dress norms, um, fashion norms of a society, we have to distinguish ourselves in certain ways. When it, there's a reason, and it's not a religious one, it's totally secular, you're absolutely permitted to do so. The grub, based on a tosfos, this is sources number eight and nine, say no. Why were the Jews allowed to burn the belongings of a king if that's exactly what the non-Jews did with their non-Jewish kings? He says, I don't care, tosfos says. I don't care that it's not religious. I don't care that you can call it secular. Even if it's secular, you're not allowed to imitate even the secular practices of the non-Jews around you, whom you live against. The only reason why Jews are allowed to burn the belongings of their Jewish king is because you can find a source for it, a pasuk for it, in Tanakh. If you could find the pasuk in Tanakh, and indeed we find the burnings of kings and their belongings in Tanakh, that's the reason why they're allowed to do it. We did it first. If you can make that claim, that it comes from Jewish origins, then we're okay. But to just say, here's a secular practice in the world, it's not religious, it doesn't matter, Mm-mm. not for the grub. So we could plug this debate of the Rishonim between the Ramah following the Ran versus Tosvos and the grub to our three views of Thanksgiving. Rav Huttner says, you cannot acknowledge the day of Thanksgiving. Keep davening. Daven, we should have woken up this morning at 6.15 in the morning. For those that daven, 6.25, 6.30 chakras. That's when you wake up. Nothing to do. You're off from work. It doesn't matter. Don't acknowledge the day. You could say, but it's a secular holiday. We're not talking about Christmas. This is Thanksgiving. It's a civic holiday. It's a federal holiday. What would Ruth Huttner say? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Can you find it in the Torah? Is there a Pasuk in the Torah? We, we have a Jewish calendar. We are a distinct people. We're an amsikula. We have our holidays. We have plenty of holidays. Participating in a Thanksgiving meal with Turkey is just in violation of That is Rav Huttner's view. That's not the view of Rav Soloveitchik, and it's not the view of Rav Moshe Feinstein to a lesser extent. They say, I'm sorry, but that's not dark gay mori. Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday. It's not a religious holiday. And it's not a religious, and, and, and is there a logic to it? Is there an inner logic to why a country might want to offer thanks and have gratitude on a day to, uh, to just show what an incredible country we live in and all the privileges that we have? This, is, this isn't a superstitious day. This isn't a Halloween, let's dress up kind of day. We're not talking Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. Memorial Day? Veterans Day? 
If there's a Jewish war vet in World War II that wants to march in the parade, no. Makes sense. It could be a Kiddush Hashem. There's a problem, though. There's a little bit of a problem, because it's a little bit more complicated than that. Is Thanksgiving a secular holiday? Because once you go to the place where maybe it's not a secular holiday, if there is something religious to the day of Thanksgiving, we might be in a problem. Then even according to the Rad, then even according to the Ramah, we might have a problem. So you might say, well, it's a federal holiday. But it's interesting, in source number 11, does America get to dictate which holidays are secular and which holidays are religious? In source number 11, this is from the Michael Broyd article that I had referenced at the beginning. He quotes one, one court case, Kamek versus Wehi. A court determined that the holiday called Good Friday was a secular holiday. He quotes the Supreme Court ruled that both Christmas and Hanukkah are secular holidays and have secular displays that, la- that lack a religious theme. So American legal system can determine what is, you know, has deemed Hanukkah a secular holiday, Christmas a secular holiday, but we wouldn't say Christmas is a secular holiday. It's clearly not. From a legal perspective, it might be. You could have a Christmas tree in a federal building. You could display a menorah in a window of a federal building because they're deemed federal holidays, not religious ones. But does that mean that we say that it's not a religious one? When you look back at the history of Thanksgiving, there's actually very, very strong religious overtones <coughs> to the entire day. One of our less common, less, less famous uh, founding fathers, Elias Boudinot, source number 12, um, he was, he, he was in charge of the U.S. Mint. He, he chaired the Constitutional Convention. There's no uh, Broadway play about him, but uh, he was a devout, devout Christian. So he proposes in, that, in Congress, the day after the First Amendment was passed in Congress, the very next day after the Establishment Clause was passed, Boudinot said that he could not think of letting the session, the congressional session, pass over without offering an opportunity to all the citizens of the United States of joining with one voice in returning to Almighty God their sincere thanks for the many blessings that he had poured upon them. Invoking God in the congressional floor. Only a couple of weeks after that proposal by Elias Boudinot, President Washington gives his famous Thanksgiving proclamation. Some of it is recorded in sor- on the bottom of page 3 in source 13. Whereas it is the duty, says George Washington, of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. He goes on and on and on. He wants to establish this holiday of Thanksgiving to the people of the United States, public Thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Then he talks about the Hashgacha Pratis of America, the providence of America. And then he even goes so far, and I'm now on the top of page four, in the bolded part. And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions. It's also a Yom Kippur. It's a Yom Hodah. It's a day of thanks, but it's also a Yom Kippur for our nation, for all the original sins that they may have committed during the founding. That's pretty religious language for the president, for the first president of the United States, for the congressman. Now, when Washington made his Thanksgiving proclamation, it was not accepted and established as a federal holiday. Not for another 70 plus years, not until Lincoln actually made it a federal holiday to be observed annually in 1863 when the Civil War was just burning in the country and he just wanted a day in which citizens of America can like stop for one day and proclaim some things. 
So there were a lot of local celebrations in America between Washington and Lincoln, uh, states that would have their own Thanksgiving on a state level, but again, not as a federal national holiday to Lincoln. So I want to just give you one example of this in source 14, James Hammond, governor of South Carolina, 1844. He makes his South Carolina Thanksgiving proclamation, 1844, whereas it becomes all Christian nations to acknowledge at stated periods their dependence on Almighty God. Like he invokes Christianity in this civic, quote unquote, what we might say, secular holiday of Thanksgiving has very deeply Christian American roots. Look at what he says. Therefore, I, James Hammond, governor of the state of South Carolina, do in conformity with the established usage of this state, appoint the first Thursday in October next. Okay, he did it in October. I told you, it wasn't like set as the final Thursday in November, okay? A day of thanksgiving, humiliation and prayer, and invite and exhort our citizens of all denominations, he's so pluralistic, to assemble at their respective places of worship, to offer up their devotions to God, their creator, and his son, Jesus Christ, the redeemer of the world. Invokes Jesus. In the Thanksgiving proclamation of 1844, the Jews of South Carolina flip out. They write letter campaigns to this governor, Hammond, inundated. The Jewish community mobilizes for this anti-Semitism, for this, this violation of the Establishment Clause. James Hammond responds to the Jews, and his response is amazing. He doubled downs on it. No apology. He writes, source 15, I've always thought it is a settled matter that I lived in a Christian land and, I th- and that I was the temporary chief magistrate of the Christian people. Again, governor of South Carolina. That in such a country and among such a people, I should be publicly called to an account, reprimanded and required to make amends for acknowledging Jesus Christ as redeemer of the world. I would not have believed possible if it had not come to pass. So how does Rav Soloveitchik stop sheer early to go celebrate Thanksgiving, given this history, given the Christian origins of Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. How does Rav Moshe say it's not us, sir? Okay, he's, again, he's less enthusiastic. The Baal Nefesh shouldn't do it. But he's not going to say it's us, sir. What do you do with that? So what's the answer? It was only the state level. It's on the state level. What's the answer? Yes, I mean, you're there. You're halfway there. What's the answer to this? The answer to this is that, like, is it really Christian today? No. Holidays evolve. Practices evolved. <laughs> the practices of Akum, of non-Jews, evolve. Holidays evolve. Right? Today, what we celebrate it with, with, a, with a turkey and with football. What? A parade. With sales and Black Friday. That, it's not Christian anymore. Things change. I'll conclude with this. So you know what say that about Christmas? So I don't think we're there yet. I mean, yes, it's mass commercialized. Yes, the way Christmas is celebrated today. I do have one example that I'll show you, though, in source number 16. I did not know this until preparing for this year, which I thought was really cool, Ramah. The Ramah says in source number 16, there's a halacha, the Gemara talks about in Avodah Zarah that you're not allowed to give presents to a non-Jew during their festival season, lest they come and thank their God during it. So, so, so source number 16, the Ramah talks about, he's talking about whether or not a person, a Jew, can send a doron, a gift, Ovid Kochavim, his non-Jewish colleague, Bizman Hazet today, in 15th century Krakow, Biyom Shmini Sha'achar Nittel. What's Biyom Shmini Sha'achar Nittel? The eighth day after Nittel. Shakorin, he quotes it for us in the Ramah, Shakorin, New Year's. In 15th century Krakow, New Year's really was a very religiously, like has a strong religious connotations that New Year's was the bris 
of Jesus with a religious holiday, and there was a question. Today, do we really feel in America in 2023 that New Year's has religious connotations? No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't think twice about having a New Year's get-together or something like that. Christmas, I don't think we're there yet, Hillel. I don't think we're there yet. I'm not saying, Hillel, we should have Christmas. No, there's still, people go to Mass. Like, it's still very Christian, even though it's also commercialized. Things change. I'll just conclude with this. So again, so Halloween, uh, is it rational? Is it sensible? Again, Veterans Day, Memorial Day makes sense. Halloween, you're already, you're in tricky waters there. I don't recommend it. And Rabbi Broid says, like, that's different Halloween than Thanksgiving. I'll conclude this because my time is up and we have uh, amazing speakers ahead. Um, I'll just say that like this. This sugya, this question about can we really go later this afternoon and have some turkey? Can we really put on the game and watch some football? This is not just a question about the permissibility of Thanksgiving. This raises a much broader question. Is today a day where we view it as what incredibly horrible assimilation American Jewry is today. I can't believe so many Jews are going to have a Thanksgiving. We have so many of our own holidays. We're going to dive in later because of Thanksgiving. We're going to go and and follow in their ways. It's secular, fine. It's a secular day-to-day, fine. But still, what what a horrible example of assimilation. It's a Rav Huttner kind of perspective. Or do we view Thanksgiving as like, wow, Thanksgiving is a day where we can wear our Jewish identity proud. We can come and learn. We can come and daven. We can learn Torah and still be a participant in the broader world around us, engaged, showing gratitude to the country in which we live, be a proud American citizen without any compromise to the values of Torah and halacha. Have a wonderful, wonderful, I'll say, I'll say it. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, beautiful. Thank you.